0: You are locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Monday, April the eleventh of two thousand and twenty-two. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today. And each and every day that you tune in to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, thank you for making it your first listen of the day. Opening weekend has officially come and gone for the St. Louis Cardinals as their game today on Monday has been officially rained out or postponed due to weather, make it up at a doubleheader at a later date this season. I was going to do a post-game recording of the show, but I figured I'd go ahead and get one out now, which is why the tardy on the on the posting, not early in the morning like, like usual, But nevertheless, here we are, and it it was a good weekend for the St. Louis Cardinals, by and large, when you look at the big picture. Are there things to discuss on the negative side? Absolutely. Are there things to to, to like and and to be impressed with from this opening series, some surprises? Absolutely. It was just so good to see baseball back. Before I get into all of that, I just want to start with how good it was to see baseball back. Because, yes, we've had spring training for a little while, and that, that's been nice to see to break that down. And you know, while it hasn't been on TV as much as we might have liked, it's still get to listen to a little bit of it on the radio, still get to watch a little bit of it, from reporters sharing videos. But it was officially back radio, TV, reporters tweeting about it, coverage on everywhere. It was awesome. Sad I had to miss a lot of it live, just with me being in Wichita, Kansas for a NERCA National Basketball Tournament. Uh, went very well. Got to uh, was selected to officiate a semifinal game on the men's intramural side. So good, good weekend overall in Wichita. But happy to be back with you guys talking Cardinal baseball. It was good to see it back for the most part. It, it, I saw a lot of packed crowds and the highlights I was watching. Bush Stadium sold out on Thursday, as you are, are well aware of. And the offense did not disappoint the crowds this weekend. We, we saw some good offensive performances. Yes, I understand that the, the Cardinals did not perform well um, in the last seven innings or so. Um, in, in their game on uh, Sunday, two hits in the last seven innings after a hot start once again. But overall, I talked about on Friday, what would make this a successful weekend for the St. Louis Cardinals? Yes, you want a series win, obviously. But I talked about not not just going cold offensively. The Cardinals saw 10 hits and 6 runs on um, on Saturday, and the Cardinals saw 4 runs being scored yesterday. By and large, that is a successful weekend, offensively speaking. And the Cardinals have some hot, 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 hot starts. One of those being Nolan Arenado. I mean, you, you could not have asked for a better offensive start than you have gotten from Nolan Arenado. This is the kind of... Addition that the Cardinals wanted to see, wanted to make whenever they acquired Arenado last year, he 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 just couldn't get out this weekend. It seemed like at times hitting a couple home runs, mix in two or three doubles in there, he is going to be a force in this lineup. Period. Had a two-run home run and the Cardinal lost on Sunday. That was yanked down the left field line. Like I mentioned, a couple doubles. It, it's it's going to be scary if Nolan Arenado has a has an above-average year. So. I talked about this a little bit on Friday, but just to be careful not to to overreact positively or negatively. But two home runs, he, he drove in seven over the weekend. He hit 500. It was remarkable to see slugging percentage is up to 1,250, and his OPS is 1.788. Obviously not sustainable for an entire year, but a very nice series. And I understand it was against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But Nolan Arnato had a hot start. Tyler O'Neill had the opening day just. Phenomenal um, opening day as he drove in five runs that day. He had six on the weekend. Dylan Carlson has had a nice start with a couple doubles, throwing a couple RBIs. Paul DeYoung had the home run that, that you just love to see. Bader Edmund have been solid at the eight and nine spots. Goldschmidt is doing Goldschmidt things, what you expect from Paul Goldschmidt, arguably closer to you know August, July and August when he really starts to get up. But Paul Goldschmidt off to a 333 start. He was three for nine on the weekend walked five times. So he just seems to be locked in. And if Paul Goldschmidt is locked in this early, it's scary to think what he might do for the rest of the season because he's notorious for getting off the slow starts. He just needs a 20 home run season to hit 300 home runs. So I mentioned all these names and I go kind of quickly through it. I'll go through each one of these individually as well. But just to kind of highlight the fact of how good this offense was this weekend. They were worth the price of admission this weekend, minimum. Yes, Pujols wasn't super great. Deckerson was okay. He did have an RBI over the weekend at the DH spot. Yadir Molina struggled. So like I mentioned, there are some negatives to go along with the positives, even on the highly positive offensive side of things. But Nolan Arenado talked about this. Ali Marmal said this on uh, Saturday or Sunday whenever it was official that he was going to miss another game with the flu. Uh, so condolences to him and thoughts and prayers. I hope he gets a, a speedy recovery. I believe he was supposed to manage today, so hopefully that works out well for him. But nevertheless, Arnato said this, he said this, this is an elite offense. And I'll caveat that by, by, by saying when it's healthy and when it's right, it's an elite offense. I think a true elite offense should be elite no matter who's struggling because you have enough pieces to back it up. So we'll see You know, if O'Neill continues to struggle to, to get on base to get the average up to where it was last year. We'll see if this offense can remain elite. But just to go through it, like I mentioned, Nolan Arenado. If he is able to continue his, his dominance like he did in the first three games, that's going to be huge because he went through little mini stretches of this last season, but you still felt there was more in the tank. Even with the 30 home run, 100 RBI season, his OPS was down, his on-base was down, his average was down. You still, you, you still have more to more in the tank. At least that's what he said, his words, not, not mine. And then you had the O'Neal opening day home run that just provides an extreme amount of excitement, but I want to talk about Dylan Carlson at the top of this lineup. Because this lineup, in my opinion, has been searching for a leadoff hitter for, for for some time. And if Dylan Carlson can provide that at the top of the lineup, because he's got some power, he's got some speed, because as I've talked about a lot on this show, he's a five tool player, just like the outfielders, uh, two outfielders to his right, <laughs> uh, Bader and Center and on the left. But he had a phenomenal weekend six for 10 at bats. He had two RBIs, throwing a stolen base. Uh, a walk, struck out three times. He had two doubles in there as well. There's just a lot to, to, to like about Dylan Carlson at the top of him. And if he's able to be comfortable at the top of the lineup, it is just what we talk about a lot. It is a lengthy, long lineup. It's a deep lineup that you have to try and navigate through instead of saying, okay, this person can... Um, You know this person won't be me, but this person I can get out. Folks, pretty comfortable, comfortable about it. But if you have to go through Carlson, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Arenado, one through four, that is a scary one through four. And I think the league's going to be put on notice, especially if Carlson can remain as as hot as he has been, and if he can be the top of the order lineup, the top of the lineup hitter. Excuse me, that this team needs him to be. That's a scary lineup. If Bader and Edmund can continue to find ways to produce at the 8-9 slots, then holy cow, is this a long, long, long lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals. Because you want less question marks in a lineup and more punctuations. And the Cardinals, this weekend, put an exclamation point on the offensive concerns. At least, at, at minimum, for one weekend. Cardinals go into a series against the Kansas City Kansas City Royals over the next two days. Excuse me. So we'll see what they're able to do against the Royals. Right now, the scheduled pitchers, according to MLB.com, they will be facing um, Lynch tomorrow and Zach Grinkey on a day game on Wednesday before the Cardinals travel to Milwaukee uh, on Thursday. The Cardinals making a little bit of an adjustment to their starting rotation for the, for, the weekend, or for the midweek series. Dakota Hudson getting the ball tomorrow, and Adam Wainwright getting the ball on Wednesday. Jordan Hicks available out of the bullpen tomorrow. Uh, plan is to still use him as a starter. I don't want to spoil too much of my Kansas City preview series, which will come out tomorrow uh, before the game. But the, the offense, at least for one weekend, was extremely solid. I love what I saw from the offense up and down. Yes, obviously, there are some holes. I've talked about those with Molina, Dickerson, Pujols. They weren't super solid. But if DeYoung can continue to find his power stroke, if O'Neill can, can can build off of that opening day you know, energy and excitement, this is an elite lineup, period. I still think, even with O'Neill's slow weekend, that this is the best outfield in all of baseball. Tweeted that out on Thursday. I think all three had a couple hits that day. Obviously, O'Neill, the monster day. Bader had a nice diving catch at one point. This outfield is going to be put on notice, or they're going to put the league on notice. However the the verbiage for that uh, would work, this outfield is incredible. I truly, truly believe that, okay? Uh, Overall, offense was solid. I wanted to start with the positive side of things. Now it is, unfortunately, time. Got to go to the negative side of things. Got to talk about the pitcher. Because the, the pitching, it, it did leave a lot to be desired this weekend. Um, so we do have to talk about that um, and my, my thoughts on the pitching coming up here in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.net and how it is the number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of MLB season. It's all on BetOnline. Bet online is your continued source for all of the sport wagering information you need, even if it's live betting. Talk about the playoffs, esports, even, and much, much more. So head to the website today, or use your mobile device to find out more about where you can find the trends in action. And Bet online is where the game starts. So it's no secret that the pitching staff this weekend. Struggled outside of Adam Wainwright. At least the, the starters did. Talk about the bullpen in segment three. The, the the bullpen actually somewhat impressed, but the the starters this weekend they weren't great. Plain and simple, that they, they 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 just weren't. I'm not saying it's panic time because even in 2019, for those of you who don't remember, Miles Michaelis was he really good that year? Yeah. Did he have a really bad first start of the season against the Milwaukee Brewers, a start that he homered in? Yeah. So not panic time yet on both Mats or Michaelis, both have time to correct the ship and right the ship. But the first start of the weekend did not showcase very highly. That they did not do a good job, I should say, of showcasing their talent. Michaelis just straight up just could not find it on Saturday, uh, only making it into the fourth inning, three and two thirds of an inning for Miles Michaelis. Walk to, and when, when, when Michaelis is right, we, we talk about this seemingly every year, but when Michaelis is really right, he's not walking batters, period. In 2019, that was one of his sticking points, was that he was not walking batters. Uh, Michaelis does not, like, like I said, qualify for the win. Three and two thirds innings, six hits, two earned runs, uh, two walks, and a strikeout. So yeah, only two walks, but I mean there would be times when he wasn't walking people for two or three, four starts in 2019. Like I said, mentioned, did not have it. 77 pitches, I believe I misquoted that earlier. But 77 pitches, 50 of them for strikes, so that's not terrible. At the end of the day, he just didn't execute. Cody Whitley had to come in. Uh, he did a very nice job um, not letting his only inherited runner in that fourth inning score. Uh, one inherited runner, zero scored for Cody Whitley. One inherited runners, zero scored for TJ McFarland. And uh, two inherited runners, nobody scored for Ryan Helsley on that day. But back to Michaelis. He closed out spring on a really good start. And I get it. Spring training is spring training for a reason. It doesn't matter and stats are hard to read and hard to look at. But he did close out spring on a positive note. He did have a good spring. I will say that for him. I would probably give him, before, until I start panicking, I guess I should say, I would give him... Three to four starts before I just absolutely panic and then I start saying this is, you know, the the contract is already not great. Michaelis could kind of save the back end of the contract uh, for John Moselec that he was signed to um, in the middle of the the 2019 season. But there's a little bit of time here that Michaelis can right the ship. Bad start on Saturday. No question about it. I still think that Michaelis has the ability to come back and, and have a really, really good season. Or at least an above average. He doesn't even need to pitch like he did in two thousand and eighteen. Two thousand eighteen was when he was at his best. I believe I said nineteen um, a little while ago. Eighteen and four, two eight three ERA in thirty two games. I mean, he was he was just phenomenal that year. And, and I talk about the uh, the walks and everything. His WHIP was one point zero seven. He walked twenty nine batters in a total of two hundred innings in two thousand and eighteen. You go fast forward to two thousand and nineteen. He only walked three more batters, thirty two. But he only pitched in 184 innings, so 15 or 16 and two-thirds of an innings less, and he threw three more walks. So that's a higher rate, obviously. And then 2021 and 44 and two-thirds of an inning, he walked 11. To so this year, three and two-thirds, he walked two. When Miles Miklas is at his best, he is not walking people; he is throwing strikes. So I give him a. I'm going to give him a couple more starts before I really hit the panic button. And again. Could it be that this contract is straight, bad, not good, and just just over? Sure, But Miles Michaelis still has time to write the ship. So I talk about the, these negatives and I talk about these you know, the, these worries from the, um, from the pitching perspective, and they're real concerns, they're real worries that we need to monitor and at some point might need to be ready to address. Some, are, some might argue that that point is already here, that the Cardinals need to address them now, but at minimum, the Cardinals need to be ready to address them. but there's still time. It's time to be aware. It's time to be cognizant of it. But it's not time to, to absolutely panic, hit the panic button, and just freak out. No. Even Steven Matz yesterday, I understand that you can, there's a, there's a fine line in trying to just always find the positive uh, outlook in life by trying and remain positive. But even yesterday with Steven Matz, he he was not good from the third inning on. He had a really solid first two innings of the game yesterday, and then after that, just, just lost it. Gave up a grand slam in that in a five-run third inning for the Pittsburgh Pirates. His final line, three innings, nine hits, seven earned, one walk, struck out five. But Steven Match is talking about how he just needs to make pitches. He talked about the, the disappointment after his team gave him an early lead. Cardinals gave him a three-run lead in the bottom half of the first on an O'Neill sacrifice fly and that Arenado home run that we talked about. So even there, yes, the Cardinals did not hit after the second inning a lot until the seventh inning when they got one run. But you, you saw the offense still produce. Stephen Matz talked about how when that happens, he's got to be better at, at making pitches. He also used the word that execute. He needs to execute more. That's something that Jack Flaherty, whenever he's healthy, talks a lot about is is the need to execute. You know, having a plan is great, but a plan is only as good as as it is executed. Right? So, Stephen Match just needs to work on finding finding a way to execute better. Plain and simple. Just needs to execute better. These games are going to happen for Stephen Match, for Miles Michaelis, even for Adam Wainwright. For, for everybody on this staff, these games are going to happen. It was just a plain, simple, frustrating game. You even saw two errors committed in this game one by gold glover, platinum glover, Nolan Arnato, and one throwing error by Dylan Carlson. Two, you know, one, one phenomenal generational defender, another really above average defender. Two errors were made. These things happen. Cardinals grounded into two double plays in this game as well. Or they feel the two double plays this game as well. I apologize. Grounded into one. These games are going to happen. It's frustrating. And again, it, it it 100% is something the Cardinals need to be aware of. And they are in terms of the the, the lack of pitching uh, that, that they've seen from the starting rotation so far in the first three games of 2022. It's not panic time yet on this rotation. It's definitely not panic time on the bullpen. I'll talk about the bullpen coming up here in just a minute. But this rotation needs to start producing at least, I'll say this. I'll frame it a different way. The rotation not named at... The the, the, the pitchers not named Adam Wainwright need to start producing on a consistent basis. We have not seen that really in the last... We didn't see that a ton last year on a consistent basis. Saw Lester, happen a little bit down the stretch. Wade DeBlanc was solid for a time. Dakota Hudson had a nice start mixed in there. Michaelis, when he wasn't hurt, eh. Jack Flaherty was phenomenal until he got hurt. Then after that, it was so-so. Woodford didn't really perform last year. Did, you know? had a nice outing yesterday, which we'll talk about. Pitchers and the Cardinals starting rotation, not named Adam Wainwright, need to start pitching consistently. There is no if, and, or but about it. So we'll see what Dakota Hudson brings to the table tomorrow. I'm really excited. I was really excited to watch him today, but I am really excited to, to watch him tomorrow to see what he can do. But the Cardinals starting rotation... Panic time? No. It's already been time to be you know aware of it and 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 concerned, but it's not panic time yet, okay. Uh, but like like I mentioned, the the relievers this weekend were really really good, really really good. I was impressed with the relievers. I was I'm excited about this reliever core. I talked about this a lot in the offseason. They don't have the big names. They, they don't have the the pedigree maybe of some other. Uh, some other bullpens, like the Milwaukee Brewers, even though they were one and two this weekend. But they have a lot to like. So talk about the relievers and my my thoughts on their performance this weekend coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about the best-tasting protein bar in the entire market, and that is a Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They even have this wonderful product called a Puff. If you haven't tried a puff yet, you are missing out because puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy, They're not just a protein bar. But just like the other protein bars that Bilt Bar makes, they are covered 100% in chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with these because they're better-tasting and they are healthier because most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. While an average candy bar usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, you don't get a protein with a candy bar. So go to Built.com right now, see all the flavors they have available, mint, brownie, coconut, double chocolate, coconut almond, and so much more. Go to Built.com right now. And if I haven't enticed you enough, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. One more time, use the promo code at checkout, LOCKED15, for 15% off at built.com. Arnold bullpen was extremely solid over the weekend. 1.26 ERA for the weekend, and I get it. It There's only three games, but still, you have uh, solid... uh, bullpen performance over the weekend uh, from from the relievers standpoint you saw good things from jake woodford yesterday whitgren is off to a solid start this bullpen it's going to benefit from the day off today don't get me wrong but this bullpen was good this weekend you, you saw really good things from start to finish, and you didn't even get to see really any of the high leverage guys yet. The Cardinals have, are yet to have a uh, a save opportunity, but even let, let's just let's just go game by game. Talk about yesterday um, at, at the end of it, you know, you saw Adam Wainwright phenomenal opening day. Right, talked about uh, Nick Whitgren, who was had a solid debut. Hannesis Cabrera, yeah, he walked two but struck out two. He was phenomenal, and Ryan Helsley struck out one in a scoreless inning on Thursday. He's off to a scoreless start. So talk about them uh, in depth on Friday's show, so head over there to, to get my thoughts on, on the bullpen there. And just those three guys, I get that. But in the Cardinals, 6-2 to two win over the Pirates. After Miles Michaels pitched three and two-thirds of an inning, gave up two runs, the bullpen put up a goose egg for the rest of the day. Cody Whitley, who was credited with the win, one and a third inning, scoreless baseball, walked one. That was it. Other than that, all zeros. Wickren, two-thirds of an inning, gave up a hit, got a strikeout in there. TJ McFarland with a scoreless inning and two hits with a strikeout. And then Ryan Helsley was just filthy phenomenal in his inning and a third of work. He struck out three. Giovanni Gallegos walked one, struck out one in a scoreless inning. Bullpen made it stick. Made it, it, They were just phenomenal. That's the kind of bullpen you need, you need when your starters has a day like Miles Michael's. And what makes this bullpen different than last year, even with some similar names in there, let, 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 let's just take a look. At Saturday, for example, you got similar names in there outside of Whitgren that you had last year. But why is the bullpen so much better this year? Because Cody Whitley has a year of seasoning under his belt that he didn't have last year. TJ McFarland was, was solid last year, but he has that much more experience. He's a little bit more comfortable in a Cardinal uniform now. Ryan Helsley, he has just looked filthy this spring as well as to start, start this season. I've always liked Helsley. I don't think he's been able to put it together, and now he has. And Giov- Giovanna Gallegos. You don't have just three guys that you can go to. That's, that's the big point I'm trying to make. You don't only have Gallegos, Cabrera, and uh, and Reyes. Obviously, Reyes was hurt this year. But you have more than three guys. If I ask the average baseball fan who is Ryan Helsley, they might say I don't know. If I ask the average baseball fan who is Cody Whitley, they would not know. If I ask the average baseball fan who is TJ McFarland, they would not know. Some might, some might know Giovanni Gallegos, maybe. I would probably bet more people know Gallegos than Helsley. But they don't have the names. But you don't need the names. You need the results. You need the outs. And that's exactly what the Cardinals got this weekend from their bullpen. 14-plus innings. Five-and-a-third in inning shutout, like I just talked about in Saturday's game. Even in yesterday's, yesterday's game for the St. Louis Cardinals on their bullpen. Yeah, you saw Polante give up a run in his inning, in his uh, debut. So Aaron Brooks uh, gave up a run in two innings, so 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 on the start. But I want what I want to talk about yesterday is Jake Woodford. Woodford was solid, three innings, two hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Really saved the bullpen because you know when you give up nine runs as the Cardinals did in 15 hits, you probably expect to go through more than just four pitchers. But because Brooks, yes, but also mainly because of Woodford being able to get through the middle part of that game after Matt's exited after just three innings. A long man, I think, is more valuable than people realize because of, of what I just talked about. That that long man for, for, can save a bullpen right after a starter struggles and, and has to have an early exit. Jake Woodford... Now, I'm probably upset that he didn't get a starting job coming out of spring training. You know, even though Hicks is not starting tomorrow, Hicks is still being talked about as the starter um, on, on Sunday, uh, but he will be available out of the bullpen tomorrow. Woodford not getting that starting job. I'm sure it was disappointing. A lot of people want to start in the big leagues. Woodford did good things this spring. But if he can be a valuable long man for the St. Louis Cardinals, that's huge, especially if the Cardinals, for, you know, they want to give it, uh, Jordan Hicks the starting role. You're going to need somebody, a long man, because he was only going to be good for 45 pitches tomorrow. Believe believe that's still the case even after uh, Hudson will get the start. But you need a good long man after Jordan Hicks to start here. And Jake Woodford can be that guy. We've seen him improve year after year over the last three seasons. Really like what Jake Woodford brought to the table. It brings to the table and what he brought to the table in yesterday's loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates. To sum up everything in just a couple sentences here, Offense was very, very good this weekend. Made a statement. Starting pitching, we are and we need to be aware that it's a a weakness in this team right now. That they need to be better. And the bullpen was really, really good this weekend. And even though they don't have the names to back up, you know, to to get the the coverage to get the media attention, this is a really solid bullpen. Okay. Um, Successful opening day weekend. Plain and simple. I don't think there's a question about it. Successful opening day weekend. Period. Yeah, you like to sweep the Pirates. You had a frustrating loss on Sunday, but a successful weekend nonetheless. Take two out of one. you got to win series. That's what baseball comes down to. you got to win series, and the Cardinals won uh, their three-game series. It should have been a four-game series, but they won their three-game set against the Pittsburgh Pirates this weekend. So thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to come back tomorrow as I talk about the Kansas City Royals series. And even though it's a short one, talk about Dakota Huston, talk about Adam Wainwright, as well as Jordan Hicks as I preview the series tomorrow. A quick little two-game set against the Kansas City Royals. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. Apologies for the little delay today, but it'll be out bright and early tomorrow morning. Be sure to make Locked On MLB your second listen of the day or any other Locked On podcast show. It's all great here on the MLB channel. I'm glad to talk to you guys next time. Be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.